taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Okay, PPC friends, it's another episode of PPC Rockstars. And today I have with me my new friend uh, from the Netherlands, Nils Roymans, founder of Water Cooler Topics. I, I'm very happy that uh, we're going international here. Uh, Nils, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. No problem. Hey, um, you got in touch with me and you have some really interesting points of view about Google ads and automation and artificial intelligence. And I'm actually going to play the devil's advocate here because I, I like AI. So convince me that, yeah. convince me that your point of view is the, the right one. Well, to, to be fair, I, I love AI as well. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, Actually, I do have a background in, in computer science and artificial intelligence. I studied AI in, in, all the way back in the 90s, and I got to agree with you. Uh, I love AI. I think there is, uh, there's many benefits that the AI technology can provide us uh, in as humanity in general and also uh, us advertisers on, on the Google ad platform. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a, a big supporter of innovation, and I do think that the, uh, a lot of the AI technologies that uh, Google is pushing out right now can benefit all the stakeholders in the platform. I am a bit worried though because uh, I've seen uh, I've seen Google pushing many of its new features and I've seen mixed results in 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 my client's account. So that's uh, yeah, that's one of the things that got my attention and um, uh, I decided to uh, yeah to spend uh, some additional time and put some efforts into to monitoring at uh, what's exactly going on. And what I've seen is that. Sometimes the AI, AI just works like magic and it does wonders. And other times uh, I see many different negative side effects or, or simply tank results. And uh, I think we, uh, yeah, we should all be very aware of what's happening and put some extra, extra efforts into seeing what is working for, for us as individual advertisers versus uh, the general. Gotcha. Um, so let's, let's, yeah, talk, so let's talk about um, which uh, features have AI behind them. Uh, smart bidding and what else? Right. So, of course, there's smart bidding. Google is using all uh, different kinds of algorithms to improve uh, the bid management that we've been doing manually in the past. Uh, another another very uh, big example would be smart display campaigns and smart shopping campaigns. These are uh, relatively new types of campaigns within the platform that uh, Google basically says to the advertiser, you don't have to worry about the targeting uh, anymore. You don't have to spend time you know, manipulating all these different settings. We will figure out what the ideal targeting settings are for your ads, and we show ads on the, on the right uh, uh, locations and to the right people. Uh, another example would be responsive search ads, of course. In the past, we had the, uh, the, the traditional standard ads, which got replaced by the extended text ads, the ETAs, and now there's a new type, the responsive search ads, where you can simply um, add a couple of headlines, a couple of descriptions, and Google will figure out what is the best combination to generate the, the most relevant or the best ad in, in, in every auction. Um, another one, of course, that, that is being very, uh, well, it's actually 
pretty infamous in the PPC community, but it can, it can have some value as well as the close variant matching, where in the past we had these uh, exact match keywords, and now Google is using sort, sort of like fuzzy AI algorithms that match um, to different user queries that are, that are not yeah, like the exact keyword we're targeting. So let's distinguish um, which of these have worked well for you pretty consistently and which are, have you had trouble with? To be honest, I, I, I've seen both positive and negative results for almost all of them. Uh, so let's, let's say, for instance, uh, smart, smart shopping campaigns, especially if you have like a relatively small set of products and a relatively small budget allocated, but you do have a lot of conversions. I think smart shopping can do a lot of work for you because if you have a small budget, it doesn't really make sense to spend a lot of time managing the shopping campaigns because then, of course, you know, the, the, the fee you would pay for management would, would, would be a high percentage of the, of the total spend. Sure. But if you do have a lot of conversions, then the algorithm can actually find the signals that it can use to optimize bidding and also the targeting. So in that situation, smart shopping definitely has its value. But some other cases, especially with bigger accounts with loads of different products that on an individual product level have relatively little number of conversions. I see smart shopping doing weird things. Okay. Same goes for, uh, for the, of course, the smart display campaigns. What we see is that Google is, is trying to show the ads on different locations. And uh, it, it's definitely, if you compare it to, to manual targeting with different placements and configuring all the different settings, again, for a small budget account, it might make sense. But if you're a big advertiser, I would, I would still suggest to at least have a, a very good look at where the ads are being shown and measure the impact per, or the, the performance per placement to see if you can maybe optimize a bit further by negating some of these placements. Yeah, I'm, I've never, never used Smart Display. I, I'm, skept, I'm skeptical about it. I, I, right. You know, to, to me, it's uh, the algorithm... Uh, needs to do a lot of work to match, um, well, to look at the website and match the intent of the website to websites in the Google Display Network. And Yeah, I agree. I agree. Also, and also one of the things I noticed that is that in one of the campaigns, I tried to uh, measure the number of clicks that actually resulted in a page view on the website. And what I've noticed is that if, if, if I set up conversion tracking to track every page view as a conversion, you would expect the conversion rate of 100%, right? I mean, every click should result in a conversion. You know, it is a page view on the website. But what I've noticed is that if you target smart display campaigns, mobile devices only, the conversion rate for some of my clients is actually below 80%, wow. which, which doesn't make sense to me. And then we, we get clicks, but no page views. So my suspicion is, is that there's a lot of bots on the network, on the Google Display network that do generate clicks that do not end up in generating real visits to the website. But I'm not 100% sure on that, that one yet. But again, definitely something that got my attention and something that I think we, uh, yeah, we should dive into. Right. <clears throat> so in general, do you think Google has enough data to do a good job with AI? Well, if there's one party that has a lot of data, it's Google, right? And uh, yes, I do think so. Um, 
However, the thing with AI is that an AI optimizes towards the goals you provide based upon the input you provide, right? So Google may have a lot of data, but that doesn't automatically mean it's doing a great job for us. There's basically two problems with that. First one being about the goals you provide. Because think about it, who is the you in that sentence, right? And AI optimizes towards the goals you provide. Uh, the you is Google. And the goals, we, we might argue about Google's goal, right? But there's definitely different stakeholders in the platform. You, we, we've got the end user. The, the end user wants relevant ads. We've got the advertiser who wants cheap clicks with high conversion value. Then we've got Google and its shareholders who want to make a profit. Uh, there might be some PPC experts who want to continue doing the job. Don't think they're a, a big stakeholder in Google's decisions. But uh, anyway, so Google is, is is trying to balance all the all the interests of these different stakeholders and trying to optimize the AI to to do a great job, hopefully for all of them. But but how do they weigh? Or how much weight do they give each stakeholder? It's, I think it's it's very difficult for an AI to figure that that one out. And also in AI, most of the AI technology is based on machine learning. And the name says it, it's learning, right? right? So also the Google AI is still learning based upon the data we as advertisers provide to the platform. So Google has a lot of data, but I think, you know, it's, it's, not, an, it's not there yet. It's not always working in the best interest for every advertiser. Yeah, that's hard, right? It is. I think, I, I think Google is... It's trying to do a great job, and I think they're right in stating that for many of their features, on average, the performance for all the advertisers will increase. So an, uh, an average advertiser might might see some great benefit, but that simply does not mean that it's true for every every advertiser on an individual basis. Gotcha. And that that that's why I yeah I'm trying to uh, to come up with solutions to uh, to see if quickly see if it's working for me and my clients or not. Hey, uh, Nils, we've got to take a break for uh, our wonderful patrons. So uh, stay with us and listeners don't go away. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at WMR.fm. 
and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And also, you sent me... Uh, a copy of a slide deck and I saw one thing that caught my eye because I'm not, I think I might have missed something. Um, you say right. that the, the latest change to location targeting, um, I didn't see any change to location targeting. What was that? Right. Yeah, I, I think it happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it used to be that in the advanced settings for location targeting, you could explicitly say that you only want to show ads to people that are inside your targeted location. Uh, And they changed it to people who are in or regularly in your targeted location. Right, okay, I remember that now. Right, so so for instance, people that, you know, tend to visit Florida often, but if they're in New York right now, your ad might show up if you're targeting uh, Florida. Hey, um, what do you think of ROAS targeting, return on ad spend? Uh, I think in many cases it does a great job. So if if you if you have like uh, I don't know a, a shopping campaign, you target ROAS is a great bidding strategy. Also for tax stamps, I've seen great results. If if you have like uh, many different products with different uh, uh, different conversion value, um, you do need a lot of conversions though to actually make it work. And uh, right. I would not suggest you turning on target ROAS for campaigns with let's say less than a hundred conversions a month. Oh, per month? Per month, yeah. That that is I mean it's not a hard figure, but it it's it's from my personal experience that's what I've seen working well. Gotcha. Hey, what do you think about uh, exact match and the n- not so exact match now? Right. So yeah, that that is actually a great example of, of, of some of the scripts I've been, been using in the past. So what I saw happening was that um, a lot of the uh, search terms in the, the, the search term report for my exact match ad group, they started showing up different, different search terms with sort of related meaning and sort of related intent. But I did see quite a big difference in the performance data, as in conversion rates and uh, conversion value per click. So I decided to write a script to alert me if there is a huge difference in the performance of the real exact match search term versus the closed variant search tips. And that actually, that, that, that works like a charm. As in, right now I can see every day if there is a, an exact match keyword that has a closed variant that is performing poorly, I get an email alert and the sheet says uh, what the search term was that is being matched to my exact match keyword. And actually I can use the script to uh, indicate whether or not I should negate the search term for the specific ad group or maybe create a new ad group with um, the search term and negate it in the original ad group. So that way I can actually monitor the impact of Google's AI 
and take back a little bit of control by using scripts to, uh, yeah, to to help me facilitate the process that would take hours if I were to do this uh, this manually. Sure. Wow, that sounds great. Do you give away your scripts or do you sell them? I do publish uh, some of the scripts on my my uh, my uh, private uh, website, nilsoymos.com, uh, and uh, some other scripts uh, I I develop them for my clients, and uh, we uh, we do not share them publicly and. Uh, not yet. So, like for instance, last month I was actually uh, interesting uh, a blog post on the, the. Not sure if I'm allowed to mention it, but there was a, a Californian-based uh, search marketing agency using some of my scripts to optimize uh, the smart display campaign. They used it to uh, to prevent clicks from from sources that have a low trust score in the the. Um, the, the the domain uh, authority score and trust scores by SEMrush. And that, that works really well. So that way they prevented a lot of clicks from, from, from the blog analysts using scripts. Right. Hey, how about dynamic search ads? What do you think of them? Uh, that the, the AI behind it is great. As in, you can use dynamic search ad based on uh, your landing pages or a feed with URL or some category targeting. And Google will try to come up with the most relevant matches to the user queries. And oftentimes it, it's, it, it just does wonders. However, in combination with uh, some of the latest changes to the bu- daily budget uh, deliveries, I've seen some weird results happening in the last few days of each month. So what I've seen happening is that if you have a DSA-specific campaign and you set, let's say, the daily budget to uh, 100 euros per day, if by the end of the month, the, day, the uh, total... Uh, ad spend of that month is below 3,000 euros, then quite often I see the last few days the number of in- impressions and clicks within the DSA campaign increase. Wow. So that, that, that to me was a bit surprising because why is it that only in the last few days of the month at a sudden there is a spike in the, in the impressions and the clicks? So again, that, that is something that I wrote a script to uh, start alerting me on if that happens. So if within my DFA campaign, there is a spike within the impressions and the clicks, I get an email alert with the search terms that generated these increase in impressions and clicks. So then I can immediately have a look if these search terms are relevant for, for my account or not. Because not, not, not to be very uh, uh, conspiracy minded, but it's really funny if you look at it because the over delivery was announced by Google, by Google in 2017. And yep. back then it said, on days with lots of high quality traffic, your cost could be up to two times your daily budget. Right. And now, if you look back at the documentation, it simply says, on days with high traffic, your cost could be up to two times your daily right. budget. So when where did the quality ch- part go? When did they change that? Not really sure. I think it's like like half a year ago. I don't have an exact date on that. But yeah, to me it was quite surprising that they just say high traffic instead of high quality traffic. So are we, are we paying a lot extra for, you know, less valuable clicks just to make sure that the whole budget is spent? I don't know. Good question. I saw something bizarre uh, today, actually. I was auditing an account and somebody had by mistake, I believe, put a dynamic search ad into a, plain vanilla um, search ad group, along with other search ads. 
it was getting uh, the same ad group. Yeah. yeah, and it was getting clicks and conversions. And also, if you think about it, that ad group has keywords. So right. the first first thing I thought was, are those keywords directing the DSA in some way? You think that's possible? I've never tried to be honest. I always use separate campaigns for my DSA ad. Me too. But what, yeah, what, what I think would happen is that within the ad group, there would be like regular ETAs or responsive search ads next to the DSA, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that if the user query is matched to the keyword, Google will show the, uh, the non-DSA ad. And if, if Google matches, uh, it, sorry, if the user query is not in the keywords that are in the ad group, then it might use the DSA ad, but not 100% sure. I'm going to keep an eye on it and see what happens. So what are some of the bad things you've seen? Well, so, so next to, of course, some of the close variants being way off. I mean, sometimes it works like magic, uh, uh, but other times it just really doesn't make sense. Uh, last year, for instance, I had a client who did some rebranding. So he, uh, his new, the new brand name was syntactically really different from the old brand name. But I had an ad group with an exact match keyword for the new brand. And Google, Google Close Variant, actually figured out that people searching for the old brand were interested in a new brand. So within the closed variants, I saw the old brand name matching, being matched to the keyword of the new brand. I think, I think that's amazing. I wow. think that is AI doing a great job. Yeah. However, I've also seen examples of, yeah, like for instance, the, the, the leather purse, if you're selling leather purses, that, that is something completely different than a leather hand, handbag, right? But right. the matching algorithm somehow thought that these two are sort of like the same intent or the same meaning. So these show up in, in, the, in the search term report as well. But it, yeah, from a, from a commercial perspective, that, that really doesn't make sense because people interested in the, in the purses are, uh, uh, the conversion rates for the handbags would be relatively low. So yeah, you want to definitely want to negate that. And what I see happening is that the, the, the close variant matching the number of closed variants is increasing. I also think or hope to believe that the quality of the closed variants is increasing. But still, you know, I, I think you need to put a lot of effort in, in managing these search terms. And it's going to increase because uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Google uh, started uh, extending the closed variant matching, not only to exact match, but also to phrase match and modified broad match. So right. in the future, this will uh, this will definitely be an additional challenge. Hey Nils, we've got a break for sponsor messages, so let's uh, talk after the break. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Denticott, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. 
take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Nils Reimens talking about AI in Google Ads. Um, does any of this apply to Microsoft advertising? To be honest, in the Netherlands, we, uh, what we do in the Netherlands, because Microsoft advertising in the Netherlands is relatively small, we focus on Google and then um, we simply copy-paste everything to, to Microsoft advertising. Uh, so for, from an AI perspective, I have relatively little data to go on on what's happening with the, with the, with the, with the Bing algorithms. Um, so I'm not sure yet, but it's, okay. uh, it's definitely something I'm uh, interested in to monitor as well. Hey, um, we've just got a few minutes. I, I want to find out, do you speak at conferences? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, last, uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, to speak at Brighton SEO last week. Oh, uh, there was a search advertising show, the PPC sidetrack. Uh, I met a couple of uh, our other PPC friends like uh, Kirk Williams over there. Very nice. Uh, very nice conference. Right. Um, so in two weeks from now, I'll be speaking at a Good Day event in Copenhagen, Denmark. It's organized by the people behind uh, Smarter E-Commerce. A nice PPC event. It's a, it, is and, it PPC only? Uh, that'll be PPC only, yes. Wow. That's called what again? Uh, a Good Day. A Good Day. Interesting good, name. Good, good Day. Copenhagen. And I think November I'll be speaking at SMX in Italy, Milan. That'll be, yeah, so I'll definitely be sharing some more of the scripts I'm using to monitor, uh, monitor Google's AI over there. Now, you also do some writing, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so next to, uh, next to publishing articles on my blog, I also publish on WordStream and have been publishing on a couple of PPC related blogs in the Netherlands. Um, trying to share some knowledge on the Reddit PPC as well. So yeah, if people want to learn more, they can, they can definitely find out more. Also on Twitter, sharing some of my uh, thoughts. Yep. I've seen you hanging around PPC chat. Yeah, I love the, I love the community of PPC chat. Great Me folks. too. Yeah. Me too. Hey, um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to? Uh, Twitter, yes. So my Twitter handle is uh, that search guy NL. 
And also my through my website, of course, which is my name, uh, nilsroymans.com, spelled N-I-L-S-R-O-O-I-J-M-A-N-S.com. Well, Nils, uh, thank you for being our first Dutch guest. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome, and I really hope we meet someday. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, definitely have a chance somewhere in the, in the next year, some conferences in the U.S., maybe. I hope so. Okay, okay. thank you, and thanks, listeners, for coming and listening to us. Come back in a couple weeks for another episode of PPC Rockstars. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.